hello, you lovely lot, and welcome back to Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast. I am your host, as always, Josh Carr, and we're back in a new year. It is 2022. It's the first podcast of 2022, and it's a special one. It's a special one today. It's not It's not the usual. Um, we're going back to, to sort of the kind of stuff that we were doing during Flux, and we are going to be discussing... Eve of the Daleks, uh, the New Year's Day special, which I, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, and I'm not going to be doing it alone. When am I ever doing it alone? I, of course, have a wonderful guest with me. And that guest is the one and only Ivy Hanover, the protagonist herself. How are you? Good. First of all, I'd like to say it was really cool just watching you do that, just because <laughs> I've listened to the podcast before. And now I'm like watching you do the intro so that was really cool oh, bless bless well I mean thank you for listening you know uh, any uh, I you know I'm grateful for all of you for listening it was a very lovely year I was at the end of the last podcast I'm not gonna lie to you guys I got a bit emotional and I was a little bit drunk um but um I do just want to say again sober this time I promise thank you very much for, for everybody who's listened over the past year and a bit um and let's kick off in style let's kick off 2022 with a bang so it's either the daleks um i, I had a great time I, i'm just going to go out there and, and say straight away i had a really good time with this both times i watched it because i've now managed to re-watch it as well um what are your what, what were your thoughts going in? Were you were you really excited for this one? I mean, did you enjoy Flux as well? Was that was that something that you enjoyed? I was I was mixed on Flux. I really liked the individual episodes. I was a little disappointed with like the story as a whole, but um, I'm always excited for new Doctor Who. Even if like yeah. I'm a little worried about the story or I'm a little worried about this and that, it's just nice to like have it in general. So I was really excited going in. Um, it was, the, I think the only re- thing that like muted my excitement was that weird period between Christmas and New Year's where like, it's really hard to get a sense on time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, I guess there is new Doctor Who on tomorrow. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really excited for it. And I was actually joking with myself that they were going to make a certain thing canon because it was like a new year's special and, and then it ended up happening so you know kudos yes. for building that anticipation well i'm sh- i'm sure we will discuss that i mean we'll we'll, we'll save that because i want to i want to delve deep into that and i you know i want to i want to discuss that in in depth um Good. happy to talk about it <laughs> yes so am i so am i um but yeah no i i, I feel the same i mean I would be, it would be remiss of me to not mention, obviously we're kicking off 2022 with our first overseas guest. This is very exciting to me that, that who knew has gone international, um, that we have an American on the podcast. My question is, do you get it at the same time as us or do you, do, do you get it later? Because I know that in the olden days, you guys used to get Doctor Who after us, I think. And I don't know if they simultaneously broadcast it now. So the problem is, is it's hard for me to say because like, I like pretty much most Americans these days don't have live TV because it's just too expensive. I mean, it's like a hundred dollars a month um, for some like 
forms of live TV. So most Americans don't even have it to begin with. Um, so, you know, I've never really known about that because um, actually until, oh gosh, the first episode of Flux, I had never like tuned in to BBC America to watch it live. Yeah. Like never. That was the first time. And I've been into Doctor Who really? for like almost yeah. 10 years now. <laughs> um, usually it's airs i believe six hours after it airs for you guys so it airs at about 2 p.m our time which is 7 p.m in what i like to call british people time uh and then it airs for us at 8 p.m so yeah six hours right okay so you've got a yeah. you've got a dicey like six hour period of, of spoiler avoiding did, yeah, did, well, did you manage to avoid everything this time or well, so thankfully, I don't mind spoilers. Oh, uh, spoilers yes. have never been a big deal for me. And in fact, I don't mind spoilers so much. This was more back in when series 12 was airing. But because I didn't have a way to watch it, and I knew I was going to get spoiled anyway, I kind of just like watched the, the episodes via people's tweets. Like yeah. I would just like constantly be refreshing the timeline while it was airing and trying to piece together like what's happening. I, I quite like that approach. I like yeah. the idea that if if it, if it's going to get spoiled for me anyway, I may as well just go all in and get as collect as many spoilers as I possibly can. I like all that right. approach. I mean, thankfully, it's on the BBC over here, so you know it's a it's a free channel, which is and lovely. you guys don't have um, apps during Doctor Who. BBC America terrible with commercials i mean oh, it, oh, right. there's 20 minutes during of commercials about i think during the episode oh that is dreadful doctor who yeah. i mean for i mean <laughs> it doctor who should never never have commercials or adverts or anything interrupting it yeah. that's 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 the beauty of that's one of the beauties of the bbc is that you know you can't have adverts on the bbc which is so lovely because just means that you can get lost in in something and then you just get a few little bbc related ads in between and then you don't have to get interrupted by people selling you things every five minutes which is nice better too and one of the strange things too is sometimes before they get to commercials they'll have the behind the scenes videos like though like a scene will play they never cut it right it's always cut like really abruptly or oddly and then yeah. they'll like cut to like a behind the scenes video of the episode that is like still airing that is oh god and no then, that's and terrible then go to like six minutes of commercials and then come back and then it feels like you watch the episode for five minutes and then it's the same thing it's so awful i <laughs> I mean, I'm just yeah. going to go out and say, I hate that. That sounds dreadful. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what, if, if there's one thing that you want that, like, if you don't want to be taken out of the episode, just showing them making the episode whilst right. you're watching it is, that's baffling. But yeah, I don't and get I that. Don't, I don't know if it was just that episode, because like I said, I don't often watch it live. But I was like watching it live. I had already seen it, but my like the people I was watching with hadn't seen it yet. So I was kind of like excited to show it to them. And then I could tell that they were just kind of like, why is this here? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know why this is here. Like secondhand <laughs> oh. embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really strange. Re really, really strange. Anyway, en enough of me dunking on 
Americans methods of, of <laughs> broadcasting TV um let's let's get into the episode so I mean we'll, we'll go through step by step I mean the the we had a very very long pre-title sequence it's I think it's the longest ever pre-title oh, yeah. sequence that we've ever had which was like nine and a half minutes um which um I enjoyed I really really enjoyed the the start of it um I think we basically got the whole first loop before the titles um so it kicks off with Sarah and Nick and we meet those characters um I love them from the off um why did I not check the pronunciation because I've said it like 18 times Ashling I'm going to comment on that because I thought it was like Aisling B and then yeah, somebody <laughs> pronounce it as Ashling and I'm like wait and this always happens with like a lot of you know overseas stuff for me is it's like I always pronounce it a certain way in my head and then I hear somebody say it and I'm like wait yeah it's then hard to change it um yeah so apologies to any Irish listeners um if I've butchered that uh, I am incredibly ignorant and, and forgot to Google it before I recorded the podcast. So I do apologise. I'm going to stick with Ashling because I believe that that's what it is. I think that's what I've heard before. And if I'm wrong, you have full permission to crucify me in the comments. So there you go. Enjoy that. Um, uh, yeah, Ashling B um, was hilarious from the off. I thought absolutely brilliant. Um, she's someone that I think loads of people who recognise her over here from like comedy panel shows and a couple of other sitcoms and stuff like that. People have wanted her in Doctor Who for ages, and because she's she is just hilarious, and I think she just elevates the, through the whole episode. I think she just takes the comedy to another level. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought she was brilliant from the off. Um, but what what were your your thoughts on on Sarah throughout the episode? Yeah, so I actually, again, you know, cr- feel free to crucify me if I mispronounce it. But uh, Ashling B, I had never seen her in anything before, so this mm-hmm. was my first impression. Um, whereas it seems like a lot of other people kind of knew her beforehand. And yeah, I thought she did a great job. I I loved her accent. Just like listening to her talk was great. Um, and yeah, I thought she did really good with like her delivery and just her performance in that kind of situation with that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I like Nick as well. I like Nick um, uh, at the start. Obviously, that I had a I had a few issues with Nick later on yeah. in the episode which we'll get to um but yeah I, I really like Nick in that opening scene you, I, I think it's just a perfect little scene that I think by the end of it you know those two characters uh, you know exactly how they'd react in various different situations you get their personalities you know that Nick is shy and awkward and probably has a crush on Sarah and you know that Sarah is sarcastic and um a little bit tetchy obviously um but yeah really really funny scene really good scene and then we get the the other section of the the opening titles um which is jody yaz and dan finally together and just having a nice normal non-fluxy adventure um which which seems to me a little bit i'm a bit sad about it because their dynamic from the off was so so good 
I was so I know, happy. I with... wish we had gotten so much more time. Yeah, like, I, I just feel like specifically. Yeah, I, I feel like if we had a full series now of just like fun adventures and and you know so a series like series 12 or series 11 now with the Doctor Yaz and Dan I think it'd be great but you know we've only got well now we've only got two episodes left with them which which oh, does God. make me feel a bit sad but you know leave them wanting more that's that that's the the, the phrase you know that and big finish can can do yeah, that yeah I was we're, we're, that's that's our solution to everything in the who knows versus a ah, big finish might do it <laughs> yeah if, so, if, yeah, if something think, is underdeveloped just give it to nick briggs and yeah. and you know i'm sure he will he will make 85 box sets out of it so that's <laughs> that's great yeah, i'm i'm really sad that we only have two episodes with these guys and the second episode is i believe is the centenary special i don't know how to pronounce yeah. that one so, you know, that'll kind of, I feel like their dynamic will mostly be overshadowed by, you know, all, everything else that will no doubt be in that special. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, so like, I feel like we probably only have like one episode with mm-hmm. them, which feels so, it feels like a crime. <laughs> yeah. They, they seem really great together. And it's just like, It'll be like the TV movie where we'll all look back and say, these guys should have gotten a lot more time together than they did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, so, so we get that, that really, that really lovely looking scene in the TARDIS with the whole TARDIS reset where the, the different color lights are flashing. And then as they run out, the, the walls are all moving and the central console rises up and everything's just going crazy um i love that i i i've i've really grown to love this tardis interior um over the over the years i think when it when they first showed it i was like "Mm, that ain't for me but i can live with it and then series 12 they added stairs and they did some more jazzy things with it and i was like okay i can live with it i can definitely get on board with this for another series. Um, and then Flux, when they started just fucking about with it, I was in, I love it. I really, really, really love it now. Um, but yeah, great little scene. And then obviously we go and, and go into the time loop and everyone starts getting exterminated and Daleks show up. Um, I, I did watch your video. Now, um, I feel like... a. a an anger is brewing within me. No, I'm checking. Um, but I did, I did hear you hear you say that you're not the biggest Dalek fan. I, um, I don't know. You're not. No, I mean, I, 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 I I'm going to let you say your piece and let you <laughs> try and justify such a, a heinous comment. I'm checking. I'm really. You checking. have a shelf but, of Dalek <laughs> behind you, like as, I, as yeah, you're they're, they're, they're here. Me. They're here waiting to hear your comments. So, you know, they're looking over upon you in judgment. Please explain to me how you don't like the Daleks. I I knew that was going to, that's always gotten like a little rise out of people. Um, I just, it feels somewhat unfair to say I don't like them specifically. I more don't like that they show up so often. Um, Mm -hmm. It just feels like they're sort of constantly there. 
And I believe I mentioned in my video, you know, it's hard to keep up that illusion of them being like these terrifying, undefeatable creatures when they show up like every five seconds. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, but I, I think that they are, are a great like concept. Like I especially, that's yeah. why I really liked the first Dalek episodes or serials in Classic Who is because like it just a little bit more toned down and like not too repetitive and ambitious i mean mm -hmm. granted it couldn't be repetitive because it's the first time they show up um <laughs> but yeah so it's just it's harder for me to like get fully immersed in that kind of fear and that concept of like they're these indestructible terrifying beings when usually they're defeated quite easily i feel like these days especially yeah. Like in the past, there was always kind of like some really clever or like just different way that they got defeated. Or maybe it's just because, especially in Jody's era, they don't really explain it too well, <laughs> like how they get defeated. Yeah, um, I, yeah, there, there has been, I mean, uh, obviously, I, I, you are very welcome to, to that opinion. I am only joking. Um, I, yeah. I'm a bit of a, a, a Dalek fanboy just because... Uh, just just out of pure nostalgia really that's just my childhood just shouty boys on the tv um and i mean I, I i i do share some of the same grievances especially over the past um especially in the moffat era i was a bit i was i was like there yeah just just give them a break for a while because i don't right. think these stories are working i don't think they're threatening and they're also not funny. I feel like you have to either, there is a, a fine scale of like, you either make the Daleks really funny and a bit silly, like you do in episodes like The Chase, um, or um, I, d I don't know, Revolution of the Daleks is a little bit of a silly Dalek story as well. Um, well, in this one, they try to be as well. Yeah. Like, especially with the Daleks saying, I am not Nick, which, first of all, I'm so happy they gave that line to <laughs> Nicholas Briggs. So meta. I love but it. It's hilarious. I agree. They do. They do need to choose because and especially like, um, especially in Eve, it did feel like half of it was really serious. And it was this kind of like doom and gloom kind of concept. Mm. And then half of it was like humorous. So it did kind of feel like. It's a little bit uneven there. Oh, see, so see now I I think I disagree. I I share the same point, but I like that. I think Eve got a really good balance for the Daleks. Because I think if you make them just completely hilarious all the time, they're not threatening and you can't make them a big bad. And then if you make them really, really threatening all the time, they just become a bit dull and overpowered and you can't have any fun with them. And I think Eve, it, look, it didn't do anything groundbreaking with the Daleks. You know, this isn't revolutionary or anything like that. I think Resolution did something brand new with the Daleks. Um, and, you know, it took them into a story that we've, you know, we've never seen a Dalek in that kind of position before. And we, we've never seen them controlling people out of their shells and stuff like that. So it did something different. This is not. This is not what the Daleks are here for this time. Yeah. I think they're like they're not. They're not. They're they're basically doing a bit of a greatest hits in this episode. Right. And, and I us, do agree you know, that yeah. there is 
I, I actually do agree. Like it's in this weird, you know, phase, but I do agree like that. It's nice when they find a balance. Um, I, Cause I've tweeted before. One of my favorite things about the old Dalek episodes is when they would just like pick them up and throw them around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or like put blankets on the floor and so I, I do love when Doctor Who doesn't take itself too seriously mm-hmm. um so yeah I guess yeah I do agree with that actually um yeah and like I said just kudos to them for that little Nicholas Briggs joke yeah there's there's some great lines in this there's some great Dalek lines and I imagine when Nick when when Nicholas because he is not Nick. Um, when Nicholas Briggs got the script, I imagine he read through it and had an absolute whale of a time because um, a few personal favourites. Daleks do not have managers was was one of my favourite lines. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember now. My brain is like a sieve. Um, yeah, I, I am not Nick was, was a hilarious one. They're just... They're, they, they, I just love how... I don't know. I just think they got them spot on in this episode for yeah. me. I was like, this is exactly what I love about the Daleks. It's like I said, it's a bit of a greatest hits. They're not doing anything different. And I think that's fine. If you if you want to just do a, a fun Dalek story, especially on New Year's Day, like I was sat there hungover um, in my pajamas, you know, <laughs> eating chocolate. And I was like, I, I don't really have the brain power to get into intense Dalek fun. lore today. Yeah. Yeah, I I just wanted a bit of fun, and and they they delivered. Um, I think some really some really scary looking shots. Uh, there's the one in particular which I think we'd seen beforehand in in promo material, where Nick's in the corridor and the lights all go red. Yes, um, the flat or that one and the one with the flashlight. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I thought those were lovely. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah. They they shoot the Daleks so well. Um. Oh, oh, another one after that scene, which again we'll get to, where Yaz looks over Dan's shoulder and the light flickers on, like they've gone into like stealth mode and turned all their lights off so they can sneak around in the dark. That is so cool and it's so Dalek-y and I love and it. One thing um, I one thing I brought up in my video is I really like it when there's like a very minimal amount of Daleks, like when there's only mm-hmm. like two or three or even yeah. just one, like, I think that's when they get them really scary. Cause you know, I, again, I say in my video, my feelings on them being kind of like, like an odd, you know, they can't, can't be defeated, but they can be, you know, I feel like that is really, I feel that the most when there's like the big armies of Daleks and, you know, Mm. like the sea of spaceships, but when there's only like two or three and you're seeing like how much of a threat just those few can be, I think that's like really powerful. And I think that was like a definite like pro of this episode for me. Yeah. Well, someone, someone tweeted, I feel like I need to find the tweet now because it was it was a hilarious tweet, but it really does sum up the Daleks. Um, and I, I can't remember. I do apologise if I find it. I'll retweet it. Um, but I think the the, essent- the sentiment behind it was like, look, these guys are based on the Nazis, um, so that like they're obviously incredibly clever, but at the same time they are so fucking dumb. Yeah, um, which is which is the Daleks. That is that is perfect. Like they're so they're so clever, but they think that 
the you know their their strategy and intelligence is what makes them great but emotionally they are thick and stupid which is great um and again i think they nailed that in that in this episode as well and i think that's even it's it is shown better when there's only one or two daleks yeah. around yeah cause... they're so clever that they think they can handle it and then they sort of trip over themselves if a dalek yeah. could <laughs> yeah and their their fascism and you know their fascist tendencies is what trips them up and their cockiness and their their brute force and yeah i i think i think they nailed it i think and yeah going back to the direction as well i feel like i should shout out Annetta laufer i believe her name is um fantastic first effort for directing doctor who yeah first time director she's she has knocked it out of the park. And I, I remember reading that she, she she was like really excited about the the idea of doing like a bottle episode, I think. And she went back and watched Midnight before oh, directing okay. it. Um, and I feel like you can see that. I think there's elements in there that you, you can see that she really wanted to get the, the claustrophobic nature of like being trapped in this building and being trapped in those like narrow corridors. Um, yeah, and I think they did a good job because this the storage units looked huge. Like <laughs> from the get-go, like the individual storage units looked huge, but with the way they shot it, like kind of in the same spots of the storage mm-hmm. units, they felt small. Mm-hmm. Like they looked big enough to where I was like, I don't think realistically a storage unit would be that large, but it yeah. felt so small because you could like, you could feel that containment and like that being stuck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, I mean, mo- moving into more of the, the bulk of the episode, so after the, after the titles, um, I think that's when we start getting into the time loop stuff which is a concept that I've wanted Doctor Who to, to play around with for ages. Oh, I've I wanted to him. do them. Yeah, I love, I love time that. loops. Like Heaven Sent is one of my favorite episodes because it's yeah. like, it basically is a time loop. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a time yeah. loop, but a life death loop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I love time loops and I love that sort of energy of like, let's get it wrong until we get it right. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So I immediately when they said it was a time loop episode, I was like, let's do this. I'm hype. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was so into it. And I think they did it really, really well. Um, this, the, my, I think one of my favorite ones is the second loop because mm. you have all of the characters, they play on the deja vu thing where all of the characters are starting to, to, to say the lines as they did in the first loop. But then they sort of catch themselves, and they 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 then start devi- deviating off the path in little ways. And then, like you've got that bit between Nick and Sarah where they're predicting, you know, what each other are going to say. I think they they just played it really really well. Um, and then they did really interesting stuff with the time loops as well, which which was was really nice to see. Like I thought, like there is a danger of this just being oh yeah, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. But they did that perfect Doctor Who thing of putting a little twist on it. So the things like, I mean, the main things being losing a minute every time is a great idea to add like a nice ticking clock. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I okay there's a classic who episode that it reminded me of and I'm gonna google it just to make sure I'm getting it right because <laughs> I have the worst memory um okay hang on but yeah I definitely loved that rule of the minute getting shorter because then yeah. there's like it's not just like they have an infinite amount of tries to get it right it's yeah. like we do have a limited time to get this right yeah because that, that's the thing I mean like I in, in films like Groundhog Day, obviously you get the time loop, but they sort of, in Groundhog Day, have fun with the fact that there's not really any consequences to his actions because he just wakes up and the day's reset again. So then there's no, there's not really any stakes. So if you're trying to tell like an, a comedy story, it works. But if you're trying to tell like a Doctor who Dalek action story, you need the stakes there and I think the fact that you lose a minute every time and you are running out of time as you get close to midnight is a perfect way of doing that it's a very very clever idea um but yeah I mean did, did you find the episode that, well, that you I were so. I'm trying it's okay I remember it's like a fourth doctor and Romana episode Romana one I believe and they're trying to like prevent something from crashing and it seems like time is kind of stretching a little bit. Um, okay, I feel like it's it? the Armageddon factor, but I also feel like it is. Yeah, I, I think, no, I, I, I'm trying to remember that I'm a bit hazy on that bit. Like, it's I'm not Stones of Blood. Plot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not Stones of Blood. And I don't think it's, it'd be the first one, which I can't remember the name I'm gonna of right now. I'm going to be so upset when we finish this podcast and I remember it immediately. You're going to remember it. Well, I'm sure everybody in the comments is is screaming it. I mean, we'll, we'll go with the Armageddon factor. Let's, yeah. Let's sit I with that and rock with it. I can't remember anything about the Armageddon factor apart I, from a yeah, bit of a hammy villain. There, and that's it. I, th- I believe that one was six parts, which if it's a six-parter, the chances that I won't remember a lot become so much like <laughs> more of a risk. Yeah, there's like, so much of it. The seven-parter, the Daleks, and I was like, so what happened? Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I think it's also good that no one tried a time loop story in Classic Who, because I don't know if I could have taken a six-part time loop story. Oh, gosh, they probably would have the same parts. Yeah, oh, that 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 would have. I I love classic Who dearly, but that would have dragged. I think we all know that would have dragged. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think they nailed it that here with that that aspect of losing a second. I also think the good thing about it was the fact that the Daleks could basically just pop more versions of themselves in each time so they were kind of like at the mercy where they can't really like change too much in their approach but the daleks Mm. kind of have that upper hand of like they can (laughs) yeah and again it just adds to the stakes of it and i think like like you said like if it's going to be repetitive and like and they're just going to do the same things over and over again that there are no stakes to that and if they've got an infinite number of tries there's no stakes but I think Chibnall has a good eye on adding stakes into to, to things like that. I think there's times where he's been a bit hit and miss on stuff like that, but I think here he nails it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, especially it. when they say, um, Nick, if he dies, you know what, um, 
11:55, which they were they were doing mili- we call it military time which is when it's the yeah. 20 24 and so i was like what time is that but thankfully they said it was close to midnight so i was like yeah. all right i'm good <laughs> yeah. um but especially when they said like oh if he dies at this time and then it loops back but it's after that time he'll be dead permanently i thought that was really interesting yeah then it's like now that they're getting down to the final few minutes they need to like really get going mm-hmm. yeah a lot yeah like i said i mean it just keeps the pace going as well because it just means there's always something new to worry about even when they overcome one hurdle like figuring out that they're in a time loop then they've got the problem of the minute the clock ticking down then they figure that out and then they've got the problem of well when the clock ticks down to that at time then nick's gonna have died um so yeah i think really really smart um really really well executed as well i think it, it's it's a it's such a hard thing to do because i imagine you're basically shooting slightly different versions of the exact same scene every single time and trying to get that right and trying to get it so that it's different enough that you can tell that it's different but it's also not it's also similar similar enough but it's not repetitive is so difficult yeah. and I wouldn't even know where to start with that so I mean congrats to everybody who who worked on the episode because you pulled it off it works it definitely definitely worked um I mean we'll, we'll I, w- I want to touch on a, on a couple of uh issues Sl- uh, slight issues I don't I don't think they're major issues for me and I think there's there's one that, that a few people have said is is quite a large problem and I I can see where they're coming from um nick and yeah the stuff in the storage unit with the ex-girlfriends is creepy uh why (laughs) yeah really weird so i don't understand why they did that because I I don't know either and well it was like they could have just had him like putting some stuff in the storage unit and he's like oh yeah some of this is from my exes but the fact that he like names and dates each one and they're like all like spread out in the store oh god I literally got my I thought it was he was like a serial killer like my red flag alert just started going like and one of the characters I think Yaz even asks she's like they're still alive right (laughs) serial killer vibes were just off the charts and it was just it was so unfortunate because I had been like rooting for his character as you know that kind of lovable weirdo and then they yeah. threw that in and there was like a solid five minutes where I was just sitting there like why would they put that in yeah I mean <laughs> like, why would they do that yeah it's it's just really strange I I, I mean I, I could find that especially on the first view and I did sort of, I, I, on the second view and sorry I did sort of move past it a bit and think okay just push that to one side he's a bit weird um but yeah I just there, there are so many things that you could do that would be weird and it would show that he is a strange person and not normal and it, you still get that message later on with the good-hearted weirdos and it all still works like something that's weird like maybe he collects like Sylvanian family dolls or maybe yeah. he collects like teddy bears 
and he keeps them all in there. That's normal. He's a baby fanatic. But weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's it's weird for for most for normal people, but not to a creepy level. It's yeah. it's fine. I just I don't know. They're just why the ex girlfriends? Why would I know? You and that? I mentioned the secondhand embarrassment thing. It was like I felt embarrassed watching it, even though yeah. I don't have you know a storage unit full of my ex girlfriends' belongings. Um, no, I don't it was, either. It was more just like embarrassed. Well, maybe not embarrassed, but just so weirded out that it's like, why would you do that? Like, why yeah. would you put that in? It just and, was, it felt horrible. Yeah, I like the fact that the characters call him out on it, which is, which then, you know, I think that softens the blow slightly, um, you know, that, that that Sarah does, like, lose it a bit. Um, and But then you have another very strange moment where Nick's reaction to that is to just commit suicide and go I, out yeah, of the unit. I think I, I ended up deleting the tweet, I think, just because I sometimes I'm like, eh, I'll just delete tweets to keep my co- like account clean sometimes and organized. Mm-hmm. But I think I tweeted, I was like, he got roasted so hard. He was literally just like, I'll go die and <laughs> sacrifice myself. And I'm like, okay, well, wow. Um... <laughs> It was it was a very extreme reaction. Yeah, because Sarah, she's literally like just the bare minimum. Like, hey, it's kind of weird that you have your ex-girlfriend's belongings in a storage unit and you show up every New Year's Eve to see me and to put your ex's belongings in a storage unit. And he's like, well, guess I'll go die. And it's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, how did we get from point A to point Z? Yeah, there's a jump there. There's a a jump. And it just feels very strange. Well, um, and I think I saw someone, and again, just like you, I, I don't know who tweeted it, so I can't really give a source, but I believe someone tweeted out that it's like weird too to like have a character call another character out on their weirdness. And then they like sacrifice themselves as kind of like a redemption for it. But it's like, no, it's still weird. Yeah. Like, I d- it's still weird. <laughs> that whole section just didn't really work for me. And I don't think it furthered. Like, Nick sacrificing himself there does not really change anything in the plot. Like, he's back right. again a few minutes later. Um, it also makes things just more confusing because then I feel like the only reason he dies there is because he is so that Sarah can save him in the next loop because he didn't know about the plan. That's the only reason he's dead. But there are different ways that you can kill him. You know, for example, the Dalek just shoots him. That would be fine. Rather than him being a stalker and keeping his ex-girlfriend's things and then sacrificing himself, it just doesn't work. I just just don't vibe with that. Like I said, it just, it seems like in the story it's supposed to serve as kind of like a sympathy thing that like, oh no, this guy is actually, you know, he's, he, he has a good heart. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they literally said the good hearted weirdos. And, but no, it's just like, that still doesn't sit right with me, you know, yeah, I, or not. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, and Nick later on in the episode has some really nice moments. Like he, he yeah. has some really funny moments and he does have some nice moments. Um, and it, it it sort of, yeah, you do, like I said, on a second rewatch, I could sort of just shut it out a bit, but yeah, I shouldn't really have to shut it out. 
Um, yeah, for me, it doesn't sour his character as a whole or like the episode as yeah. a whole. It just is like this definitely weird moment where it's like this definitely could have been done differently. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of people are in agreement there um, from what I've seen on Twitter. Um, and spe- speaking of Twitter, let's let's jump over and we'll go and see what, what everybody has had to say about this episode. Okay. Um, over on bloody you. Twitter. For God's sake! Bloody Twitter! So, uh, bloody Twitter time. Let's have a look. So, uh, first message is from Oscar Groucho's uh, good friend of the show. Uh, he said, a show in transition, the slow burn exploration of 13 and Yaz's dynamic and its implications mirrored by the way the time loop reflected Yaz's conflicting emotions trapped within her own feelings. Uh, the jubilant celebration of the new year down uh, New Year down accompanied her own personal epiphany. Oscar, you write things so eloquently that... Yeah, yeah I, that I, was yeah. so beautiful. Um, <laughs> I know my my tiny stupid brain just goes oh words, but um, very very well put. Um, yeah, I, that I, is really agree. beautiful. Yeah, and I, I mean we we have another message here because obviously I, I think what a lot of people are here to, to see us talk about is is Thasmin. We're here to talk about Yaz and that incredible scene. Um, and we, we've got, I've got a really, really nice message here. It's really long, but I wanted to include it all. Um, yeah, I actually, that, um, I, we're talking about the same one. Uh, they commented on my YouTube video and I was like, yeah. hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. If you could like leave a comment there and we can chat yeah, about we, it. Yeah, we can chat about it. Well, yeah, I, I thought let's, let's just, because we didn't have too many, too many responses because this has been a bit of a t- quick turnaround. So we'll go through it. So um, Charlie at she regenerated uh they have uh written this this really beautifully worded message which i think will will kick off our, our discussion about yaz um so they've said okay so of the dan outing yaz thing i mentioned to you already with a sort of a eh, eh, um as not a good thing but also just loving this slow burn and Yaz really coming into her own uh, the peace and acceptance in her expression at the end uh, that feeling of the weight lifted off your chest after coming out amazing plus she is not looking back at the doctor but she's focused on herself it really says a lot about how far she has come she's always been looking to the doctor the doctor even expects her to be looking back it takes great courage to be true to yourself She's come so far. It's been six years and the arc she is, uh, sorry, it's been six years and the arc she has is something so many of us can see in ourselves. Uh, she needed every one of those years to discover herself. It's not something that can be rushed. Everyone is on their own journey. As you can see by everything I've retweeted in the past 34 hours, uh, my most important coming out story is coming out to yourself. Uh, sorry, the most important coming out story is coming out to yourself. Not being able to dis- distinguish platonic from romantic love is common in the Sapphic community. Are we friends or are we flirting or are we friends flirting? That's gay culture right there. Um, so thank you, Charlie. That was an absolutely beautifully worded uh, 
uh, message. One one of the best that, that bloody Twitter has, has ever seen. Um, yeah. I, and I'm so I, happy that they decided to, to discuss this with us because they had mentioned um, that perspective of Dan outing Yaz in my YouTube comments. And I hadn't seen that yet. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen anyone sort of bring that up or think that yet so I you know I thought well this could be really important to share and discuss and then they go into this very very beautiful and very true um like other discussion there and yeah so I really appreciate that that really long really really wonderful response there yeah well yeah very very eloquently put and I I mean I let's be honest I am not the person to to lead the charge on commenting on representation in the in, in in the queer community because I'm a straight white bloke, um, but I, I mean, it, from from a standpoint, I I think I made it clear in, in flux that I think near the start of that I was sort of like with with Yaz's relationship with the doctor, I was like, if they do it, I'm happy. If they don't do it, I'm. I still don't really mind, and I, I still enjoy both of the characters. And then, as Flux went on, I slowly became a Thasmin Stan, and I, oh, I, I think I proclaimed myself on the podcast. I was like, I need this to happen now. I need to see this, please. We because... both we both came out as Thasmin shippers. I yeah, feel we like. did. And I I didn't ship them at all until like Flux happened. And then I was like, oh, well, this could be fun. And then I started reading fan fiction and that was like a rabbit hole. And now yeah. we're here. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was Survivors of the Flux, I think. And I saw it and I was like, that is, that hologram scene was so beautifully performed by Mandip. I was like, you, 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 I just want to see more of that. And this episode obviously delivers in ways that I don't think people expected, which is really, really lovely. Um, so we get that beautiful scene outside of the TARDIS. Um, obviously, there's a bit of a, a, a disagreement between the Doctor and Yaz. And then Dan finally is, is, is the one to, to instigate this, this, this beautiful moment where Yaz starts to come to terms with, with who she is. And like I said, I'm not... You know, I'm, I'm hardly the, the person to comment on representation, but I've seen people's reactions to it. I mean, I cheered. I stood up and I was like, this I, is great. You, this I is amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I shared most of my, like, I didn't get the first part because then I had to scramble for my phone and start recording. Oh, my God. It has 16,000 views. <laughs> um, my wow. reaction is just me, like, starting to cry because I, yeah, I just, when it happened, I was like, I was shocked. And yeah. then it like fully hit me as the scene went on that like this is actually happening. Like I am actually watching this. And just like I got really I got so much more emotional than I thought I would get. <laughs> yeah, I I I mean I, your your reaction was the first like live reaction that I I watched on Twitter um when you shared it around. And I just like like again. I just want to keep reiterating, you know, is, it, <laughs> this is not really my. You don't my, have to. I, I, I yeah, I can, yeah. Well, I, I just want to. But then I mean, you're back. I am very much an advocate for for these kinds of things. I obviously want more of this, and I want 
as much representation in Doctor Who as as possible because it means so much to me and it's a it's a show that I feel like it's built on representation and especially New Who it's it's something that that I feel has been coming for a very long time and obviously we've had queer characters in the past which is is fantastic but I think seeing that moment of Yaz coming out on screen um and Mandip's Mandip's performance was just it's it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole of the 13th Doctor's era um just because of Mandip's performance I think you, you can just see every ounce of confusion and 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 panic and just that that every ounce of it on her on her face and it's so beautifully played um so well done to mandip as well um but yeah and then and then going on twitter yeah just going on twitter and, and seeing how much it means to to everybody and and seeing how much this representation means was was beautiful yeah, and for me i think i again i said this in my video but I think most of the emotion I felt was like on behalf of other people because being on Doctor Who Twitter and um, I especially have this one really good friend in a group chat who ships them and I just like I was thinking of every single one of them and I was just mm. thinking like how much this is going to mean to all of them and just yeah I was so happy for them I was like they're gonna be so happy this is gonna be so special for them and I think that's why I got so emotional it's just like yeah knowing how much it was going to be for people yeah yeah no and like I said it was it was an absolutely lovely moment and I feel like not not the moment itself but that that the going on Twitter while it was happening and just after the episode was like it was a bit of a moment in the community and I really loved it and I loved being on Twitter and seeing everybody's reactions to it and um just seeing everybody celebrating uh, just a, a fantastic episode, a fantastic performance, but this fantastic example of, of representation in Doctor Who as well. Um, I think as I think that my, my I think the best thing about it as well, which is what what Charlie in in that that wonderful message touched upon, is the fact that it's not because I mean, obviously we, we talk about Thasmin and, you know, people standing and shipping, um, which is great and obviously very exciting, but it's it it's the fact that it doesn't focus on that for the time being. It focuses on, in that scene, it focuses on Yaz and just yeah. her individual moment of coming to terms with who she is. It's not specifically about that relationship. It's about her and her character and her life so beautifully played I, ju- yeah, I just can't like, yeah I love how Charlie mentioned like that Yaz is kind of focusing on herself in that final scene I thought that was really beautiful especially because we know that you know there was a little bit of a hint of a storyline and that there was going to be more of a storyline with Yaz's mental health and mm-hmm. her journey so yeah I thought that was really well done yeah and I, I hope that I hope we get more of it. I just, I just hope because I think the worry now is there is not a lot of time left, like we said, yeah. for, for this for this dynamic. I'm so and, and I just, I mean, it's like I said, it's great that it's come. And I think, thinking on it now, I think look, we've got we've got probably a full hour long special. We've got the full centenary special. If they really 
like lean into it and they make it a focus because I think it's the, it's probably the the it's the best part of this episode. It's the the it is the driving focus behind this episode. And I feel like you have to run with that and you have to see it through. If you're going to do it, you can't just do it for this moment. Yeah, I will be uh, immensely upset if they don't do anything with it. Uh, if at yeah. least address it. I mean, a lot of people have mentioned that they're probably it's probably going to be a situation where the doctor has to let Yaz down or there's a regeneration mm-hmm. before anything happens. But if they at least address it, I'll be fine with that. I just hope mm-hmm. it's not just like a one-off thing and they go right back to like playing around it. Because the doctor does know at this point. So yeah. it's not like only Yaz and Dan know and they can kind of keep avoiding it it's like everybody knows now Mm -hmm. I think I think yeah I think Legend of the Sea Devils we'll get to that as well in a little while um Legend of the Sea Devils has some heavy lifting to do emotionally for this uh, yeah for it to be able to work I think like I love Doctor Who because you you look at the Sea Devils and you're like could this episode be an emotional tearjerker? Probably. The doctor who could do it. And it's just like yeah. these like rubbery looking scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 Chinese pirates, rubbery sea devils, and just they look great. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll touch on that now. I mean, we're 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 pretty I think we've pretty much covered a lot of the the general things. I mean, in terms of specific moments, um, and just before we we, we we sign off from that, thank you, Charlie, for that for that wonderful message again. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm ju- I'm just going through my notes now. I mean, just in terms of a few little moments that I wanted to talk about, Dan versus the Dalek with the box is f- such a good scene. I, I love I, I, Bishop. Yeah, I love, doing a great John job. Like Kelly loves being Dan. Yeah, I, lo- I love Dan as well, and I love that. I think there's a lovely little juxtaposition between Sarah, like in that loop, basically like binning off everybody else and being really, really selfish. Um, and then Dan like showing like how he can be heroic and kind and do something decent for, for them. Yeah. Um I just love his character. I think he's great. Um, like I said, I know that that some people that had a, a few issues with um Dan out in Yaz to the doctor um which yeah I mean could have been handled a little bit differently um like I said again not I yeah for me I feel like it was more um like he want he knew that there was like a risk that they weren't going to make it out and he wanted his best friends to at least have like a chance to like yeah I I think there's that that context Um, of, yeah, it of, could have been that they're a prob- they could be about to die. Yeah, that's yeah. I think you have to remember that context in there. Um but yeah, I I just yeah, I think I think Dan was great. Um Jodie was great in this in this yeah. episode as well. She's been great recently. I love um I think you pointed this out in your review. Like I I've I loved like the early hopeful stuff but she's really clicked for me now. Yeah, she's started like, getting anger. I like, and... Yeah, I like series 11 because it feels more Jody, but mm-hmm. I feel like series 12 and 13 are flux and this feel more like the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. There's that anger, there's the, the responsibility there. 
and you can sort of feel the age of the doctor yeah, more on her now sure. like there's there's a one of my favorite moments um there's obviously that that great scene where they're in i think it's like the third or fourth loop where they're all in the reception and they're discussing it and then at the end they turn around and you get sagan's score like booming out which was again perfect um and they all get exterminated that's a great little doctor moment um but i love it the one after that where basically the plan goes wrong and just straight at the start of the loop jody's just marching around saying i'm angry now and that was a, a great little moment for jody i thought she was she, again yeah. she plays the the anger really really well now um and she's got i think she's got a per- the perfect balance over the past series series and a half um yeah i love it yeah and i think yeah I, I think i think it's wrapped up really well i think the the plan works there's a bit of over reliance on the sonic screwdriver again which does irritate me a bit like just i want to i want to see jody like come up with something like interesting or like improvise her way out of a situation like we've seen other doctors do rather than just waving the sonic screwdriver we had this quite a lot with with the 11th doctor as well and it does just it's not a massive issue yeah we, just, need, uh, we need something like the like with the 10th doctor and smith and jones where it gets destroyed for a story or something yeah i i, I just think there's there's a couple of moments in this story where there are there are other ways that the doctor could have found that information out rather than using the sonic screwdriver and it's just an easy way of getting past it and i don't mind it as a little plot device every now and again i just think it is quite heavily used in this story yeah and yeah really that's in all of whitaker's era that's kind of been a problem um yeah yeah, so i I hope it just gets like destroyed for a story (laughs) or replaced sunglasses you never know Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Jody would Jody would rock Sonic's got sunglasses definitely. Um, and I, I think that's it. I think I think we've we've covered a lot of a lot of the episode. Oh, one one thing, um, which I proclaimed on Twitter, I think is po- probably the strangest, maddest moment in in Doctor Who uh, that I've seen for a very long time. Carl. Carl from the woman who fell yeah, to earth is back. Why? <laughs> Why is he there? I didn't know who he was. I I think <laughs> I was recording my reaction. Um, still at that point because I thought there was going to be like a cliffhanger or something. So I I always just you know just in case. And I think mm. I was recording my reaction. And at one point I'm like, who the hell is that guy? It, like I'm was... wondering if I still. It... I don't think I still have it. Yeah, it's but, just yeah. such a strange cameo at such a strange time, like just sandwiched in, like right at the end of the episode, and he's just on his own watching fireworks. And I was like, when I first saw him, I was like, oh my god, is this going to link back to Tim Shaw? Is there is there going to be like some kind of no? He's just there watching fireworks. Yeah, Tim Shaw shows up, and they're yeah. watching fireworks <laughs> together. They've settled their differences. <laughs> Oh, that would be great, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I thought he was supposed to be the mysterious Jeff guy. Um, and he wasn't. And then everyone was like, oh, it's Carl. And I was like, 
oh, it's Carl. Like, go along with it. Like, oh, yeah, Carl, I love that guy. And then, like, Googling who he is. Yeah, absolutely baffling. Absolutely baffling. Um, uh, we did we did actually have one last question as well from, from Repta at Repta66, um, which is what was one thing that could have been done better in either the Daleks? I think we've answered a couple of things that, that we, we thought could have been done better. Um, like Nick is, yeah. is my my answer probably. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know if that's it's the same. like those kind of smaller things too, because there's not really any big things I would have fixed. I think yeah. like overall bird's eye view it's great just when you get to those like kind of smaller moments that become a little bit questionable yeah later on (laughs) yeah no I I I definitely agree I think overall I I really 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 like it like it's it's definitely like like in my top 10 Jodie stories I think it's in my top 10 Dalek stories um like New Who I I just really really enjoyed it I think it was a great laugh, and I think it's got a lot of rewatchability as well. I think it's one that I'll always enjoy. See, like Flux is is great, and there was a lot of good stuff in Flux, and there's some things that I wasn't keen on. But in terms of rewatching it, like it's hard to just jump in and out of, of an episode there. So it was quite yeah. nice to just have like a one-off episode, and it's like if I'm bored on an afternoon and. I don't know what to stick on. I could just stick either the Daleks on and have a great time. And yeah. I, I like that. I like that aspect. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree with that. I, I thought it was a really strong episode overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, uh, Repta also said, uh, what are you hoping for in Legend of the Sea Devils? Uh, see... Uh, well, pun not intended there. Uh, <laughs> I I think mainly just more character interactions between the three, like the main trio. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, like I said, I am getting a little bit nervous. You know, there's only two episodes left. Um, so yeah, so I don't actually know too much about the Sea Devils. And I love the historicals where I don't know what the context of the historical is. So I'm mm. I'm very in the dark about it. And I, I, I like to keep it that way. Because then yeah. when I see the episode, it's like just clean slate there. Yeah, I am, I, I'm really, really excited for it. Um, I'm very, very excited for the Sea Devils to come back. Because I think they're, they're probably, like, I think you've got your A-tier monsters, which is basically like Dalek, Cyberman, Master, and then you've right. got that sort of B tier of like Santarans, Weeping Angels, all of these. And I think they're probably like the last monster from that, that category that well, hasn't really returned. Forever. I've, I think I've, practice, yeah. people saw the water and they were like, sea devils? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just think, I, I think they really work. Like the, the concept of them is made for a Chibnall story. I just think he's he he, he loves as, especially with like it doesn't. I don't know if they're going to go down this route, but in terms of like stories about climate change and the environment, I'm surprised he's not done it earlier. To be honest, because yeah. he he has leaned into that kind of stuff in this era quite a bit, especially in the past couple of series and um. Like the the sea devils are basically ready made for a story like that, but 
I'm very, I'm, they, they've put them in a really mad setting again. Like you said, I, I don't know a lot about this, this historical era. They're the best kinds of historicals ones where I actually go in and I learn something. Yeah, um, I love that. We got that with Mary Seacole a little bit. Um, yeah. And even with Nikola Tesla a little bit. I didn't really know. Yeah. I'm going to fix something on my board here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I love it when I can learn a little bit because, you know, mm-hmm. I like to learn about history, but not too much. So when you can combine yeah. history with like aliens, it's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> perfect absolutely perfect um I mean did, did you have any any other things that you wanted to touch on I, I, I can't think of anything else but yeah just in case there was anything in your notes that you wanted to to bring up I sort of got my list here but I think we covered it all I think the general idea of the list is like I I liked how all the characters kind of got their own moments to shine yeah um, across the loops I thought that was nice because then it, it felt like you know they all had a purpose and they all yeah had their moment so I liked that yeah well yeah that that's a very very good point yeah I completely agree um well Chibnall well done you've you've yeah. You've done it again. You're, you're doing. I'm. I'm big fan of what the 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 route that Doctor Who's going down at the minute, and I really, really, really enjoyed this. Um, and speaking of Chibnall, before we go, obviously, you know, there is there is a, re- a returning segment that we must we must stick to, and we we must return to it. Um, and it's the one and only quiz Chibnall. So we've got we've got the nice little jazzy theme tune going, and I have got a quiz question for you. Oh great! <laughs> so Ivy, are you, are you ready? Are you ready for your question? Maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll see it's, when I hear the question. <laughs> this is a tough one. Look, I, okay. I I I do struggle to come up with these, and obviously we we know from few past experiences, listeners, that I struggle to deliver them to. And I struggle to create them, um, but half of the time that's TARDIS Wiki's fault. So um, this one is quite an interesting one. There are six answers. Oh. <laughs> um, oh no. There are six answers to this one question, and they are that the the can't get my words out. You got this. You got this. The, the question is: Eve of the Daleks is one of seven episodes to be set in universe on the same day that it aired. So it aired on the 1st of January, 2022, and it was set on the 1st of January, 2022, technically at the end. Um, There are six other episodes in New Who that have done the exact same thing. Please, Ivy. Name those six episodes. Is this this is just Chibnall, right? No, this is this is this is oh, no. all of New Who. Okay. So all of New Who. So two thousand five to now. So there are six episodes that have been aired on the date in which they are set. I think that makes sense. It, it's quite a hard concept to describe. Okay. But. Well, I feel like every Christmas special is a candidate for that, but. Yeah, so, I mean, I, th- I think this, I think the list that I've got only does it for ones that are explicitly mentioned. So I'll give, like, for as an example, A Christmas Carol, 
No, we know that that's set in the future. Just ignore me. Um, oh, but yes. like, if there's, it, I think so. But if there's a Christmas episode, like, unless they explicitly say this is the date, okay. Like, I don't think that counts. But there are six where they explicitly mention the date, and it is the same as the episode being broadcast. I feel like the Halloween apocalypse is one because it was Halloween. Correct. The Halloween okay. apocalypse okay, is you. one. So you've got well, one. So you mentioned this special, Eve of the Daleks. This, yeah, so it's six. There's there's six more excluding this okay, one. Okay, excluding. Okay. So there's seven in total. Okay, I feel like the vanquishers because spot on yeah spot yeah you got it everyone was like oh the sign says it okay i got two yeah because um, i think i think everyone knows about those because i think they changed i think that with the vanquishers i think they changed the date um in the like the promo images and stuff to the 5th of december because i think originally it said a different date um, but they changed it to match the uh, the air dates. But yeah, you've got—I mean, you've got two—you've got a third of them already. So I think you—I think you've done well already because Thank this you. is quite difficult. Uh, okay. Um, I feel like a Christmas. No, 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 because that's in the future. Um, <laughs> okay. I feel like a resolution. Correct resolution oh, set on the first on the first of January 2019, um, oh. and obviously for reference, the Vanquishers was the fifth of December 2021, and Halloween Apocalypse was the 31st of October 2021. Um, so yeah, you've got you've got three left, and I think these are probably the harder ones because okay. um, I mean I'll, I'll give you a little hint. You are now straying out of the Chibnall era. You have okay. all of the Chibnall okay. era ones. You're going a bit earlier. Hmm. it's hard because i watched all the episodes like on netflix so i didn't watch like the great majority of doctor who when it aired so yeah. i don't know if anything aired oh yeah that is tough that is oh, hard like i only know from like series nine onward so you might struggle then i mean if if i will do i'll tell you i'll tell you what doctor okay therefore and then if you you give me a sh one shot for each doctor, and I'll take that answer, and we'll see how you do. Let's oh. let's go there. So there is one tenth Doctor episode, and there are two eleventh Doctor episodes. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's tenth Doctor. Let me think. But we, there is something that you said at the beginning that that could be relevant for this. You, you did. Oh, no, you made no, a no. you made a point okay. about <laughs> about uh, uh, the festive period and how that could be a hint. Oh no, because I don't. I'm like a goldfish. I don't remember anything I've said. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna listen back to this later and be like, that was a hint. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh gosh. Well, now I'm trying to think of what I said. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, Eleventh Doctor is going to be harder for me because I haven't watched so much of his era in so long. Yeah, I mean these these are hard when I mean when 
I think they're the kind of episodes that when I tell you, you'll probably kick yourself because the dates are very, very important to the story. Right. And so that's why I'm leaning towards specials. Okay. Hmm. Is that a good okay or a bad okay? It's an okay. <laughs> it's an okay it's, okay. It's, uh, you're not, maybe not specials. Okay. Still big episodes. Mm. Big, big episodes. Big episodes. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe like uh, end of time. Why do I feel like it's end of time? I don't. I mean, it- you've got the David one, correct? The, I'll really? give you it. The end of time part one is. Oh my god! The end of time part one is set because part two is obviously aired a week later, but it's still set on the twenty fifth of December and Boxing Day, I think. But oh my the god. end of time part one. That is a a great I'd guess. Like to thank my family. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd Look, like to thank Russell I'm, Davies. You've got two thirds, which is okay. a very very good effort. Okay. But if you want to, if you want to take a pot shot at these eleventh ones. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't go with my instinct, which was to say the stolen earth. But then I was like, no, I feel like it's the end of time. Yeah. So I very narrowly avoided that. So 11th Doctor um, is going to Remember, be hard. it's a big episode. Okay. Hmm. Big. The word big. I, <laughs> I don't remember anything. I don't oh, no. Um... Mm. These are pretty impossible. Yeah, okay. So I'll feel less bad when I if I get them wrong. Um oh. maybe the eleventh hour? Does that ever say it? Incorrect. Um, Incorrect, I'm afraid. You, you, um, yeah. I'll give I'll give you one more go and okay. see if you can get one. And then and then we'll call it quits. Okay. Um the impossible astronaut, maybe? Correct. What again? Yes. I, mean, I tried very, very hard then when I said I that they that, are impossible. I did that one air because I feel like it was a summer episode. The 22nd of April, 2011. Oh, really? I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was like July. Yeah, so it's it's the date because the 22nd of April is the date that the, the doctor dies on yeah. the beach. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. The key date. So, yeah. Five is is a very good shout. Now I, so yeah, I I tried with that one because I did say <laughs> that these were impossible. Um, oh, and I also, now, now you're saying it, and I'm like, I also oh, I said, I also said it was a big episode. Um, so do do you want me to reveal it to you? Do you want yeah. me to reveal it? The last one is the Big Bang. Oh man! Twenty sixth yeah. of June, twenty ten. So that is, it was set on the same. It was the the day that the universe dies. Um, but yeah, incredible effort. I Thank mean, two. You. Yeah, I was surprised. If they I got were genuine that. guesses, two incredible guesses. I mean, you can just blag it and say that you knew if you want. And yeah, yeah. I knew. Yeah, who knew? You knew. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that, that brings us to the end of the podcast. It's been an absolute hoot. I've loved talking about this episode and I've loved yeah, it was so much fun. And then we got to wrap it up. And yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Yeah. Um well be- before we go, I I want to give you the chance to plug away. Plug um oh. be be like BBC America and give me like a like a five minute ad break here yeah, well, right now little- for for you. This is this is Ivy's ad break. So please advertise whatever you want to, whatever you want to plug. Well, first for the behind the scenes, I'm sitting at my desk. I have coffee. I have Zoom. I have a frog plushie here. And now for the adverts. Um, first of all, thank you all for listening. And my YouTube channel is called The Main Protagonist. Uh, my Twitter, which is where I'm more, more most active, where I spend most of my days, is at Protagonist Ivy. And you can also find my YouTube link there. It's a little bit easier um, rather than just searching my channel name. And my Instagram is at the main protagonist with an underscore because someone stole the username while I was switching accounts. And <laughs> oh, I think those are my main links. I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter at protagonist Ivy and you can kind of find everything else by extension there. Yeah. Happy days. And I must say, I, I know that you've returned to YouTube stuff relatively recently. Um, and that's when I sort of discovered the, your YouTube channel. And your content is is marvellous. And I've, I've been yeah. I've been watching your videos. So it's, it's, it's very, very good. So please all go subscribe. I'll put all of the links in the video description and in the podcast description as well. So if you, if you want to go find it. Um, and in terms of my plugs, um you've been listening to who knew a doctor who podcast you can find us on youtube uh, and you wherever you get your podcasts just search who knew doctor who podcast it should come up um or you're already listening to this so wherever you listen to it now you'll find it again next week or whenever i whenever there's another episode um you can find us on twitter at who knew podcast on instagram at who knew w pod you can email us as well. I, I always forget to mention this at who knew dwpod at gmail.com if you want to send me an email for any reason. And yeah, it's a new year and and the, the podcast is hopefully gonna be doing big things this year. I have some plans that I am currently setting in place and some guests that I would like to get on, including yourself, because obviously. I need to get you on the main show as well. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm honored would... to be the first uh, overseas and the first uh, what sort of half episode of the new year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I count this as as a as a full episode. So that, I mean, from here on in, who knew is international. So yeah. I can say that now. Um, I have guests from all over the world, um, but. Yeah, and obviously we've got Patreon as well if you want to support the podcast and you can, I'm going to maybe rejig a few things over the next couple of weeks to update the rewards, Um, but you'll get your name at the end of every podcast. You can get discounts to the Who New merch store, so you can get a Who New t-shirt as well if you like, Um, international shipping on those as well, which is very exciting. Um, So yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, But yeah, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed Eve of the Daleks and um, you'll, we'll, we'll be back for more of this for, for Legend of the Sea Devils. Very, very exciting. And in between, there will be a lot of Who Knew coming your way. There might be a little break 
for a week or two at the beginning of January, but then I'll be back. Um, but yeah. Relax. I, yes, kick back, relax. Ivy, thank you once again for coming on. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And for everyone listening, I'll say what I always love to say, which is uh, stay safe, happy and healthy. Yeah. Oh, lovely way of ending it. Lovely way. <laughs> and what I always say, which is uh, thank you for listening. See you later. So. Yeah. Big thank you to all of our patrons and a massive shout out to Alfie Innes and Cal King. Thanks for listening to Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast. You can check us out wherever you get your podcasts and now on YouTube. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you can as it really helps us out. And a massive thanks to the Sononauts for lending their cover of the Doctor Who theme to be the theme for the podcast.